And so I started making videos on how to launch a business without getting screwed over. <laughs> you know, again, I don't know why or what I was still focused on the sock business. I just, I was so irritated. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we are sitting down with Jaspreet Singh, the man behind the Minority Mindset YouTube channel, Instagram page, blog. This dude is absolutely killing it and showing people, again, the minority mindset, which in his words has nothing to do with how you look or, or where you're from, but it's about the way you think. And it's about the ability that a person has to think outside of the traditional sort of way of thinking. So throughout the episode, Jaspreet talks about how you can begin to to implement the minority mindset into your own life and then how he was able to use that brand and scale this into a huge business, how he got started actually through event planning and hosting parties into the places where he is at now, growing and scaling his, his massive, massive online presence. So without further ado, I want you guys to sit back, relax, whether you are at the gym, whether you're walking the dog, I want you guys to plug in and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with Jaspreet Singh of Minority Mindset. Jaspreet, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. So our listeners in the intro, they heard a little bit about you and what you're currently up to right now. But for those of them that aren't familiar with you, could you give us a quick like 60 second intro as to what you're currently up to right now? Sure. So many of you probably uh, know me or have heard or will hear of me because of the Minority Mindset YouTube channel. Uh, the Minority Mindset has nothing to do with the way you look, your ethnicity or your skin color. It's the mindset of thinking different than the majority of people. And on our YouTube channel, our brand, our blog, we teach financial education and entrepreneurship because I never grew up learning these things and it is very important. So that's why we're here. Exactly, man. And I mean, that's the same mission I'm on. That's the same mission that got me to start creating content is like, there's all this stuff that we need to know to get by in the real world that we're not being supplied in the traditional school system. Most of our parents don't know how to get by um, financially. So it's, it's, it's amazing to be talking with you and to have you here because you are sharing some really, really amazing content over on your YouTube channel and on your blog. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's flash back in time a little bit and talk sure. like middle school, high school years. I'm always fascinated with like, <laughs> how my guest upbringing looked like. So okay. flashing back a bit, were you somebody who was super into school? Were you super into sports? Were you like <laughs> starting little side hustles? What did that look like for you? So kind of, yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> so uh, my parents are immigrants from a state in India called Punjab. And I mean, you probably know the stereotype, right? Indians and doctors. Our parents were no different. So since I was like two years old, my parents started beating me with biology books, making <laughs> sure that I knew science and math. So one day I could eventually become a doctor. I don't know what it was, but always in the back of my mind, I always enjoyed entrepreneurship and business. Um, like when I was in elementary school, I was a paper boy and then I started mowing my neighbor's lawns because I don't know. I was like, yo, I can make 10 bucks to mow their lawns. Why not? Right. Yeah. And then come middle school, that's when I got into sports and my parents were like, what sports? Why would you play sports? That's a distraction from your studies. And my parents have a very traditional mindset and they bust their butt. I mean, you know, as immigrants, they came to this country with almost nothing and their sole goal was to help me get a great education because in their minds, great education will mean great job, will mean, you know, financial stability. And I'll be able to help my parents and give back to my community and take care of myself. So, you know, I, I was pushed to do good in school. I took a lot of science and math classes. Um, I got into sports. I started playing football kind of against my parents' wishes because I really liked it. I, I don't really know much about it, but I liked kind of the thrill of football. And so I kind of played football from eighth grade all the way through high school. And what the kind of the way I really got into entrepreneurship actually was I went to India. So my family, again, is from Punjab and I bought a drum called a toll. It's like a big drum, Indian drum. And I came back and um, I played it for my uncle's wedding and I met a DJ there was like, Hey man, do you want to get paid to play this drum at other weddings? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And my parents were like, no, you can't do that. That's, that's, you're not going to be studying. You have to study. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. But I kind of like found ways to get around it. I was kind of sneaking out of the house to go work at these weddings, playing the drum. And when I came to high school, I was still doing that. 
And then I had met so many DJs because I was working at weddings like almost every weekend during the summertime that we had the idea to start hosting parties for kids in my high school, like teen parties. So, you know, started doing that. And from there started multiple other businesses. And now kind of after doing a bunch of different things, getting into investing, started teaching financial education and entrepreneurship because many of us are never exposed to these things before. Yeah, exactly. So transitioning there, did you end up going to college or what did that path look like for you? Clearly, oh, yeah, man. Very, I, I, very important. <laughs> so, you know, my parents, <laughs> everything that I was doing was kind of a secret uh, yeah. for the most part because my parents were not approved of me doing business. So was that know, hard whole, for you at the time to like keep that stuff a secret? Eh, well, they knew that I was doing some things, but they didn't know to what extent in high school. Then when I went to college, like I still thought I was going to be a doctor too. Okay. I, you know, I'd still assume that, you know, okay, all the stuff that I'm doing is just a side hustle. It's just yeah. for fun, but medicine and being a doctor is the real path to being successful and being anybody. This is like when it was ingrained in my mind. Absolutely. Went to college, went to a good college and first couple of years I busted my butt in school, got good grades, but I was still hosting. I brought that teen party business into college. So mm. I started hosting parties in college. And that started to grow because, you know, I, so I didn't know that people went to college to party. Like <laughs> I was mind blown when I got to college. I thought people spent their Friday nights in the chemistry lab doing like, yeah, getting ready reactions. to be a doctor. Uh, yeah. And I came to college and I was like, holy cow, what is going on here? So I brought the party business back into college. I wasn't really into partying. I don't drink. I don't, I was just, this was like my hustle. And from there, I got into pretty much all event planning. So not only was I throwing parties and working at weddings, started doing concerts, started doing shows, started promoting artists. And this was like, I mean, it was a full-time business pretty much. And I was doing this while going to college. And I took my MCAT, which is the medical college admission test after my sophomore year. And I remember studying for the test was such a grind because I was in the library from like, 8, 9 a.m. until like 8, 9 p.m. every day. I'd go to the gym for a little bit, you know, eat. And every break I had, I was just like going on finance.yahoo.com. I was like reading what's happening in the stock market, what's happening in real estate. And that's why I started investing in real estate because like all of my downtime was just looking at financial markets. And so the day after I closed on my MCAT, actually, I took the MCAT. The next day was the day I closed on my first real estate investment property. And wow. so as a from, sophomore in college. Uh, yeah, well, between sophomore and junior year. Yeah. Okay. Right about to start my junior year. And I didn't know what I was doing. Like I had no clue on what I was doing, but this was also, I was fortunate that this was the time when like real estate had hit rock bottom after the mm. 2008 crash. So I was just here, like, I don't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to figure something out because like studying for this exam was like, man, I do not want to sit here and do look at science and like all this stuff for the rest of my life. And so from there, you know, I was like, okay, I can't be a doctor. So I go to my parents. I'm like, mom, I want to drop out of school. She's like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and it was, that didn't work. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to medical school. And they weren't having that. So eventually we compromised and they agreed that I can go to law. So I'll just go to law school. Oh, just law school. Just law school. Like, it, I mean, like, you know, it's funny because I can, in my house, in a lot of Indian houses, it's, you have two options. You either become a doctor or you become a failure. So <laughs> there's really nothing in the middle. And so I was like, all right, fine. You know, it didn't seem like a big deal. Like I tell people now, I compromised. I went to law school. Everyone's like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. And, but to me, it wasn't a big deal because all I knew was school. I was, I mean, I was making good money. I had real estate investment. Like, it was, I would imagine. So if you're investing in real estate at that age, like, that's got to be some significant income you're making from that party business. You, you know, it's in, but all I knew was school. Yeah. And so, and I got a pretty decent scholarship to law school. So I was like, all right, why not? Right. I'll keep my parents happy. I got some more time to build myself and my business. And this is like my time to prove the world wrong about me and like following my beliefs because I was told my parents, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they're like, Oh, you know, or not just my parents, pretty much everybody around me. And they were like, oh, you can't be an entrepreneur because, 
you know, this or that or this or that. And so this is like, all right, you know, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. So, hmm. you know, I didn't really mind it. I, I'm an attorney, but I've never practiced as an attorney. Uh, so, yeah, I went to a lot of school. So was it, was it when you made that transition to law school that you sort of got it in your head that you were going to be an entrepreneur? Because, I mean, it sounds like you were like doctor, 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 doctor. And then was it the party business taking off? Was it like the real estate investment? Like what was it that like shifted your mindset into being like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like that's what I'm going to do with my life. I wouldn't say it's one thing. It's kind of like a mix of multiple things. Okay. First, the party business definitely started to shift my mind because I never knew you, you can make money without a degree yeah. until I saw it happen. And then that real estate, my first investment property, I mean, it was a mess. Like it was, I made a ton of mistakes. Like, I mean, I was a 19 year old kid. I don't know yeah. what I was doing. I had no mentor. Like I was just like, kind of just out there just doing it. But I was also making like uh, after my expenses, 300 bucks or 350 bucks a month in rental income after expenses. And that blew my mind. Like it's hard for me to explain like how like mind blowing that was to me because I had no idea that there was this thing called passive income. Like I can invest in real estate and I can have rent checks coming in even without me physically going to work. Like, you know, party business, I had my own business, but if I didn't host something, if I didn't go to a concert, if I didn't host a concert, if I didn't work at a wedding, I wasn't going to get paid. Yeah. And this like completely shifted my mindset. So I think it's like a mix of the two. And then just being so fed up with like, I started learning about like taxes and I was like, whoa, if I became a doctor, I'm going to pay the highest taxes. Like half of my salary might go to taxes. So I'll have to work twice as hard to work, to earn the same amount of money. But if I can grow my investment income, I can make more and keep more. I can pay less in taxes legally. Same with the business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this, this makes no sense. How come I was never taught this before? And I was just like, I was like angry and I was like, what is going on? And, and so it was kind of a mix of all that. And then, yeah, I would say around my junior year in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't know what or how, but I'm going to do that. And so I started like a ton of businesses. I started in Amazon business. I had uh, I started a t-shirt business in college. I started, you know, so I was just doing, I started flipping real estate contracts. Uh, wow, really? Call it. Uh, yeah, uh, real doing estate like, wholesaling. Yeah, so I mean, I was like doing anything and everything I could because, you know, I had no one to really guide me. So yeah. I was like, what am I going to do? Well, I, <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm less of a thinker. I just do things. And so I just started doing anything I could. So where were you getting your information from? Because it sounds like you weren't really surrounded with many entrepreneurs, if any. So like, where were you learning about like Amazon businesses and like wholesaling and, and even real estate? Like, where was your information coming from? So everything was just kind of like, it just happened. Because like, once you start taking steps in a certain direction, things just kind of happen. Like mm -hmm. I fell into real estate, my first investment, because, so I hate reading. Like I hated reading. Spark notes was a struggle for me. Like I, I almost failed English in middle school. Like, I mean, I didn't even grow up speaking English. Yeah. My first language was Punjabi. And so like, you know, I wasn't the best. You look at my ACT scores, SAT scores, whatever. I like killed the math, killed the science. And English was like the bottom 10 percentile. It was like comp my reading comprehension was bad. So I never liked reading, but I picked up my first money management book in college. And that was the first book I ever read cover to cover on. And, wow. and on top of that, this was something that wasn't even required by my teachers. And I was like, Whoa, this is so interesting. Like I was like, Whoa, what is a budget? What is investing? Like I had no idea what these things were. And it was so interesting to me. And I started reading more. And that's when I started reading that every wealthy person invests in real estate. And I was like, Oh, I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's how I got into real estate. Then when I got into real estate, I had a really bad experience with my real estate agent. Hmm. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. So I got my realtor's license like two or three months later. <laughs> and then I got my realtor's license and I started, work, um, started showing homes for sale and uh, sale and buyer's agents. I was working more with buyer's agents, but uh, sorry, okay. buyers. Yeah. And I was working with a uh, broker and this broker who happened to, teach real estate wholesaling. 
I don't know what it was at the time. And she was like, Hey, Jaspreet, because you are an agent in my office, it was a pretty big, it was a Keller Williams office. So it was okay. like a, a ton of people. And I was like, uh, I was probably 20 years old at the time. Wow. And she's like, you know, since you're an agent here, you can come to my seminar on real estate wholesaling for free. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's, you know, let's go. I went to the seminar and I was like, whoa, like, you know, I started learning about uh, real estate wholesaling, but it was like with a unique twist and um, somebody was selling a course for $3,500 on how to do it. And I was like, oh man, that's a big investment, but I made it. I, I made, I bought the course and I mean, it, it was worked out really well. Like I, it took me maybe six months to close my first real estate wholesaling deal. But after that, I mean, we were, I was closing a good number of deals. I got my first magazine feature because of it. So, wow. you know, it, that real, real estate was, you know, first I happened to read a, I read a book. Then I got into, you know, did not like working with agents. So I got my own license. Then my broker happened to know about wholesaling. So I went to the, the seminar and then I just happened to buy the course. And then Amazon, I don't know anything about Amazon. Like I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what FBA was like this, this, this was like also years ago before FBA was really even popular. Mm -hmm. This is more kind of just, yo, let's buy some things for cheap and let's sell them. Um, and so we would, we found, I would, me and my buddy, we would find like cell phone parts from China. We found this place that was selling like a battery, cases and a bunch of cell phone accessories mm -hmm. and there wasn't we didn't really have a model of oh we're gonna sell them online we were just like yo we're gonna sell these we're gonna buy these cheap and we're gonna flip them mm -hmm. you know it's just like the mindset that we had a basic you know the basic entrepreneurial yeah. mind i'm gonna buy something cheap and i'm gonna sell it for more yeah and then we were like yo let's sell them online because ebay was still pretty popular mm -hmm. so we put them on ebay and we're like you know people are also talking about amazon nowadays so we started putting the, um, our cell phone parts on amazon and we found that people were buying our stuff way more on Amazon than eBay. So we just started growing that. But then, you know, we almost got sued for $7 million. What? So that shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> Wild, man. All right. So talk to us now about the transition from all of these different side hustles you're doing, these different businesses you're starting into actually teaching people. Because right now, you've got a large social presence where you are educating millions of people on, on how to become more financially literate on how to start their own side hustles, businesses and whatnot. When did that start for you? Like, when did you decide that like, I want to share this knowledge that I'm gaining with other people? What was the driver there? So, um, I started a different business, um, a sock business. I actually started a, it was a specialty sock with a technology that helped repel water. So it was made for athletes, uh, people who play outside in the rain slush snow to help your feet stay drier. Okay. Created the sock and I probably spent uh, a long, I mean, it was, I forgot exactly now, but it was over a year kind of developing the technology, trying to find the right textile engineers to create this and went to launch the product. Mm -hmm. And I was approached by a marketing company who was like, yo, Jasprit, we'll help you launch this product. We'll help you get this much exposure. We'll help you get this many sales, blah, 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 blah. Sounded really good. Sure. But I was kind of skeptical. I was like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I kind of know marketing. I kind of want to, I don't know if these guys are worth it. And then they were like, you know what? Don't worry. We got a money back guarantee. Don't, if you're not a hundred percent satisfied, we'll give you every penny back. Even if we spend it all on marketing. I was like, all right, I got nothing to lose. So I spent, excuse me. I gave these guys our marketing budget, like thousands of dollars. And, uh, I, this is like, so I gave them the money and then three days later, uh, I was, I remember this cause I was in the gym and I was doing like the chest fly Yeah. and I just had this feeling, I was like, you know what? I want to just do it myself. You know, I think it'd be a better experience for me to do the marketing myself. I'm, sure. I'm going to just, I'm going to just cancel it. So I called them up. I was like, what's up, man? I'm going to actually cancel this. Can you refund the money? I'm going to do the marketing myself. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, man, no problem. Sure puts me on hold and he keeps me on hold for a long time. And I was getting so irritated because I was in between sets. I was like, man, <laughs> my workout's getting screwed up. Like, come on, hurry up. And I'm on hold. And then it goes beep. 
beep, beep. Like something happened to like the, you know, the dial tone changed. It went from silent to like the busy signal. I was like, oh, that's weird. So I tried calling back and it goes, this number cannot be found. And I was like, oh, mm. my man just blocked me. So called some other numbers. No one picked up, left emails. No one responded, called an, um, an attorney, found out that I was scammed. Money was gone. Marketing budget was gone. Launched the business and still had a very successful launch. So now I was like, all right. So I lost a lot of money in marketing, pretty much most of our marketing budget. Yeah, we still had a very successful launch. What do I do now? And so I started making videos on how to launch a business without getting screwed over. <laughs> you know, again, I don't know why or what. I was still focused on the sock business. I just, I was so irritated that like people are out here scamming entrepreneurs trying to start businesses. I was like, you know what? Let me just make some videos on this. And I had no, like nothing planned. It was, it was just videos that I was making just so people could like learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And I was doing that just kind of as a, whatever. I just put a camera up. I sorry, not even a camera. I just talked into my cell phone in front of a white wall. <laughs> and, uh, slowly people were like, Hey, this is really interesting. Make more content. So we got on Instagram and I actually put the videos up on Udemy, Udemy, mm -hmm. but like it was like a small course or whatever. And so that kind of became an Instagram page. And then people on Instagram were like, yo, your content is really good. Could you, could you make longer form content? And I didn't like writing. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll just, I'll just start making videos on YouTube. So I just, I did the same thing on YouTube. I was talking about how to start and launch a business without getting screwed over. And this started to grow. And then it grew into financial education because entrepreneurship, financial education went hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy talking about financial education because I mean, I know I did not grow up with any. And so it was like, I felt it was important for me to help other people learn and kind of see the things that are possible if you understand money. For sure. For sure. So when did you like develop the, the idea of like the minority mindset? Was that something that you had like going into it or was that something that you developed over time? So, you know, the whole concept of the minority mindset is thinking different than the majority of people. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that that was me. Like since I was young, uh, I always felt like I did things differently. I went into college. I saw everybody was partying. So I started hosting the parties that the yeah. majority of people went to. You know, then I started getting into real estate and investing and budgeting so I can invest while everybody was sitting here blowing money. Like I was like, dude, you guys don't have any money. How are you affording these crazy trips and these, this crazy, like, you know, all this stuff. So I always felt like I thought different than the majority of people. And so that's kind of, I was like, you know, let me just name this the minority mindset because I feel like that's really describes my mindset of thinking different than how everybody else thinks. Mm, absolutely. So uh, say, say we're talking to an 18, 19, 20 year old listener right now who wants to like start adopting some of the tenets of the minority mindset. What are some of the first things you would tell them when it comes to sort of like developing this, this ability to think differently, this ability to not just get stuck following the crowd, but to like have your own thoughts and, and move through life with more intentionality. So you've heard ready, aim, fire, right? Yeah. The issue with ready, aim, fire is people have an idea. They say, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to become a singer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they go aim and they start thinking about what they want to do. They say, oh, I'm going to do this business. And then they start aiming and aiming and aiming. And then they end up going nowhere because they psych themselves out what they want to do. You go ready, aim, 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 and that's it. Because you keep thinking, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? But you never think... What if things work out right? And so no more ready, aim, fire. Follow ready, fire, aim. Shoot, figure out where you screwed up and then fix it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, just go and start. Like if you want to just start an Instagram page, start posting content, you will figure it out. A lot of times we want to feel like we know everything before we start something but you cannot, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship or even investing. Like you, you have to just start. I mean, you got to take calculated risks, right? Don't like be stupid at the same time, but just start. I mean, it's okay if you're a little bit stupid, even a lot of bit stupid. <laughs> just do it 
take action and then figure it out. You got to keep learning and adopting. Like I talked about the Amazon lawsuit, right? Yeah. We didn't know anything about selling products. And we found this supplier from China who said that they were an authorized reseller of one of our battery packs that we were selling. Mm -hmm. We didn't have insurance. We didn't do any kind of cross double checking and we were just selling the product. We were making a ton of money selling this product. Turns out they were not an authorized retailer and we, or a wholesaler. And we got a letter from the real company saying, if you don't stop selling this product immediately, we're going to sue you for $7 million. Holy cow. <laughs> I, you know, all of a sudden we learned a ton of things. We went back to the manufacturer or the supplier. Hey, what's going on? Aren't you guys legit? Stopped hearing from them. They were asking about insurance. We don't have insurance. So all of a sudden everything just ended, but we learned so much. Okay. How do you verify a supplier? How do you get insurance? How do you protect yourself against worst case scenarios? Same with real estate investing. Look, I made so many stupid mistakes. Like it cost me a lot of money, but I will, I mean, the amount of things I learned in 12 months is what, you know, I don't know how long it would take me if I never did it. So yeah, the mistakes cost a little bit of money. They cost me some time, but I started going and then I got more real estate properties. I got into bigger properties and I got into commercial deals. And that's how I learned and how I grew was because ready, fire, aim. I just took action and then I learned and fixed what I did wrong. Mm, that's huge. And like, imperfect action is just so much better than perfect inaction. Like you could be aiming all day for this target. And then if you never end up shooting, you never did anything. You never put anything out there. You never created any value for anyone. You never solved the problem because you never took action. So I think that's the biggest thing. And I mean, people are hearing that left and right, but that's because it's the truth. Like if yeah. you're never doing anything, you're never going to make that impact. You're never going to make that change in other people's lives. That's going to really allow you to, to change your own life. So I think that's really important that you hit on that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just some movement is better than no movement. And the more mm. you do, the more, more you learn, like the more you just do things, the more you expose yourself to opportunities that you didn't know existed. And the only way you're going to find these things is if you go and do it, just anything, get yourself out there, do as many things, internal people. If you want to do something, just go and figure out how to do it. Mm. Absolutely. So it sounds like between your content that you're creating on YouTube, your blog, um, your real estate stuff, you're doing a lot of different things right now. So how do you personally uh, maintain focus and decide like where your time, your energy, attention is going to go between sort of these different projects that you're working on? Oh, very simple. All right. Sticky notes. Oh, dude, I'm writing on a sticky note right now. Oh, every day. <laughs> every I, day. I, I write down what I, well, I do it on my computer a lot too, but I just write down exactly what I want to get done today. And then I reorder it based on things that are most important and things that I want to get done in what order. And, you know, it's funny, but I tell people, I literally write when I eat and when I go to the gym on the schedule. So if I don't finish these three tasks or whatever it is, I don't get to eat. I don't get to go to the gym. I don't get to go home. So I make a schedule of the things I got to do. And that keeps me away from checking my phone every five minutes and mm. I put my phone on do not disturb mode too or silent mode. So just, you know, you let, you got to tell yourself what you want to get done and then hold yourself accountable. How, how do you personally uh, maintain that, that intense focus and that determination towards whatever you're currently working on? Because I mean, we're living in a world with so many distractions. I mean, if you let your smartphone control your day, it will. And like, you can just let your whole day go by on Instagram and not realize that 24 hours just passed. So how are you able to really maintain your, your energy and focus on whatever you're currently doing? You know, I, I'm not a motivational speaker sure. or anything like that. Uh, have you heard of Eric Thomas? Yeah. Of course. Okay. So I started, I, my friend gave me Eric Thomas's CD back when I was in early college and man, that CD hit me hard. And you know, there are some people out, you gotta, you know, Eric Thomas says you gotta find your why. And mm. that was the biggest thing. What is your reason for doing what you do? You know, I have a lot of reasons. One is to help my family, to take care of my family. One is to take care of the community because I see how big of an issue financial education is and to 
prove the world wrong. I mean, people always say, yo, don't do it in spite. Well, listen, man, I, I have a lot of people to prove wrong and it pushes me. Um, and, you know, I want to prove myself right too. So if you know why you work for what you do, like you'll find a way to get it done. But if you don't have a reason for why you do what you do, you'll find an excuse. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I mean, yeah, in, in my personal life, I can definitely attest to that, that if you don't have that, that thing that's pushing you, that thing that's pulling you forward every single day, it's going to be tough. Like if you're not jazzed, as soon as you wake up in the morning about like what you're about to do that day, you're not going to get as much done as if you have that strong why that's like you hop out of bed and you're just like ready to go, ready to take on the day, know exactly what you want to do and exactly how you're going to do it. That's, that's been a huge game changer for me. I can definitely, I can definitely agree with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's important. You know, you got to keep the reminder in front of you. So you keep getting up and working. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So how do you, how do you set goals in your business? Like you're, you're working on all these different things. How do you break down your, your larger, like you want to prove people wrong. You want to support your family. How do you break those sort of big vision items down into like actionable things that you do every day? Well, uh, it, it's tough to kind of say, okay, I want to take care of my family. So how to break it down in my business. Sure. It's more of, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I want to, I want to one grow my business mm -hmm. and I want to help people with financial education. So what do I do? Well, in, in my business, I, you know, we have different things. So we have our YouTube channel right now. We talk about financial education every week and we have courses and we have our blog. So how can we get in front of more people? Well, one thing that we're in the works of right now is creating a complete lesson plan and curriculum and training for students K through 12. So this is actually going to be for schools and teachers. It's a completely free curriculum wow. guide because, you know, the first issue, why, you know, why don't teachers teach money is because many times teachers don't understand money. Yeah. So this curriculum program first teaches teachers money. And then it gives you a curriculum on, on how to teach money with activities, with homework, with assignments for all students K through 12. So that's something we're working on. And we're giving it away completely free because our central mission is to help make financial education accessible to everybody. And some teachers are already showing our videos in their classes. And so now this is going to help teachers supplement that by giving you everything you need to help provide your students with financial education. Mm. So, Second, okay, how can we expand our brand and get more information in front of other people? Well, by bringing the best people in front of our audience. So one thing that we're about to start right now is we are bringing on somebody who is a stock market expert and he's going to make weekly stock market videos on how to start investing in the stock market. I mean, this is going to be on our YouTube channel so anybody can access it and it breaks down how to start investing and the different strategies on how to invest. He started a research company and his research company sells um, like stock information to hedge funds. So, wow, you know, he's, he's, he works with a lot of big time people when it comes to investing and he knows a lot. And so it's now, okay, we're going to make him accessible to people. Uh, you know, so it's just doing things like this, doing multiple, just obviously now we have more resources to kind of do multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. But just keep moving forward. Like, you know, two years ago, minority mindset was really not much at all. It was just kind of an hobby. And just, you know, over the last year, I was like, okay, you know what? I really like minority mindset. I want to make this my full-time thing. I want to really grow this, grow financial education, and help people learn how to master their money. And so slowly, we started going, taking one little step at a time. Okay, how can we make our videos better? Then I was like, well, you know what, how, what about written content? So I grew up blog. What about a newsletter? How can we give people more financial education kind of on a weekly basis right in their inbox? So we got our newsletter. Okay, what about the stock market? Let's just go in there. And so now what about schools? So now we implemented that. So, you know, it's, it's slow because it, it has, to, it's, it's all a process. You got to keep working, but you got to keep moving forward and more things will happen when you keep moving like that. Okay. So talk to me now, talk to like the, the 17, 18, 19 year old entrepreneur out there who wants to start putting content out there right now. You just gave us like a huge laundry list of all the different places you're putting out content, all the different things you're doing. Would you recommend someone who's getting started to try to do 
all those different things at once or like multiple different things at once? Or do you recommend they focus in on like YouTube or Instagram? Um, or, or do you think the omnipresence route is, is more effective at first? What do you think? No, 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 no. You got to, I recommend starting with one. Mm. You have to dominate one space. So what you can do is you can cross populate your information. So for example, if let's say you choose Instagram, actually let's mm. say you choose YouTube. Okay. Be an easier example. If you want to make be get known on YouTube, you got to be consistent on YouTube, like put out YouTube content as often as you can be consistent with it, whether it's once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever it is, be consistent with it. And then you can take a YouTube content, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram. Don't waste your time trying to be the best at everything before you can dominate one. Once you start building some YouTube traction, hey, get on, get on Instagram. Help, have somebody help design you content. Have somebody, you know, get your Instagram presence growing. But if you try to do everything, you're going to be completely diluted. So master one and then grow from there. That's so true. And that's exactly what I preach. I mean, I was flashback like six months ago, I made a list of all the different projects I was working on and there were 26 things. And I just realized, yeah, I was like, I can't, I'm doing none of these well. Like none of these are getting done at a, at a, at a level that is acceptable for me. So I literally, I picked three of them to do and all of the rest of them, I actively avoided. I fired clients. I just took so much off of my plate because I'm like, That's I'm awesome. doing all of these not at a level that I feel comfortable with and not at a level that I feel like is representative of who I am. So yeah. I literally went all in and like literally within like two months of doing that, my podcast was a top 100 business podcast because my podcast awesome. was one of the three things I focused on. And That's like- sweet. When you give it, when you give things the attention and the energy that they need, like yeah. you will be very, very surprised by the results you can achieve if you have that focus and that strong why. And I and, think that's really important. I 100% agree. And the reason that's so hard is because we get that FOMO, right? It's like, oh, yes. Yes. what, you know, yeah, I want to do YouTube, but I'm going to miss out on this Instagram growth opportunity or I'm going to miss out on this Facebook ad opportunity. I know, but you have to want like what I tell people is like when you can dominate one, then all doors open up, right? Like, like if you can, if you're talking about the content game, if you can build your presence in one, it doesn't matter where you go after that, your audience will follow you. Mm. So you, but you have to build that one first so you can have that power to move wherever you want. If you want to go onto Facebook, well, people will follow you. Yeah. So, but you have to kind of build that presence first. Exactly. It's like a bus station, man. You're like waiting at the bus station and like you can get on like the Facebook bus and you're like going mm-hmm. on the Facebook bus. But if you keep getting off the bus and getting on a different bus, you're never going to like get anywhere <laughs> on that bus route because you just like keep getting off and transferring. So you need to like pick one bus, stay on that bus until you like get somewhere and then you can think about expanding. But I think it's really important that, yeah, especially at first, I mean, you can't be trying to do 26 things at once because none of them are going to get done to a high level. It's 26 just, is a ton, man. I don't know how you were trying to, how you were balancing all that. It was ridiculous, man. I like wasn't sleeping. I wasn't enjoying my life. It was, it was I can imagine. stupid. It was just, you were going, going to school on top yeah, of that too? It was just oh, not man. smart. It was, just, I was, yeah. I didn't have my priorities straight. Didn't oh. understand what I was capable of. It was, you, yeah. You learned and you worked hard though, right? You hustled <laughs> your way through was working hard was not working smart though. Can definitely, definitely tell you that. Yeah. So Jasper, talk to us a little bit about uh, building up your team because at this point, I'm sure you've got a, a pretty significant team around you working on all of these different things. I'm sure you're mm-hmm. not um, like editing your own videos and writing all your own blog posts and stuff. I mean, maybe you are, um, but no. talk to us about bringing on people to your team and um, what that process has been like for you. So the first thing is, you know, uh, so I know there's a lot of views on this. I'll tell you mine. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, I did everything myself just because I, I wanted to know how it's done. Once I started to pick up some traction, then I started hiring virtual assistants. So people who like, for example, video editing is the simplest example, yeah. getting somebody from Upwork or Fiverr. I think Upwork, I would recommend Upwork actually mm-hmm. have them do your video editing too. But in order to hire a good video editor, you need to kind of know the basics of what you want your videos to look like. So, you know, when you know a little bit of what you want, then you can go and actually find someone to do it. Same with, you know, pretty much everything that you can delegate. If you can start, start by doing virtual assistance, you'll save a ton of money. Once you grow from there, then you can start bringing in 
in office or in person employees that way you know it, you have more brainstorming and you have more people around you that you can communicate with and grow with mm-hmm. but you know i'm going to hold off on that because that's a completely different animal when you start <laughs> hiring in full time employees yeah. because now not only are you trying to grow what you want to do but you have to learn how to grow a team and how to motivate employees and how to be a leader uh, which is so I recommend first starting with the virtual assistants and then work your way up to the employees a little bit later when you have enough cash flow to afford that. Absolutely. And I mean, I personally know people who have $10 million businesses plus built only on VAs. So it's yeah. very possible to scale a business to a significant level without having to worry about that, depending again on what your business is and what your goals are. So yeah, I think virtual assistants, that's, that's really, really important. And also knowing what you want. That's a mistake that I have made time uh-huh. and time again, bringing virtual assistants on. Like I suck at graphic design. So I am terrible at explaining like how I want something to look because I just don't understand like the yeah. basics and like when, when stuff is like popping, I don't know how to explain that. And when there's like things that I want emphasis on, I don't know how to explain that. So yeah. it's really tough for the people that I bring on in my virtual assistant sometimes when I'm trying to explain something that I don't even, I've never done it before. So I don't yeah. have an understanding. So it's really important to, again, like go in there, like learn a little bit about the thing that you're trying to tell someone else to do before you just like expect them to read your mind and know exactly what you want without like clearly, clearly explaining exactly what you're looking for. Cause that's just wasting everyone's time. It's, it's making people frustrated. So it's, it's important to like do the thing a little bit first. Like don't just hire someone to be your Facebook ads expert. If you don't know anything <laughs> about Facebook ads, because yeah. they could just be like throwing money in the toilet and yeah. they might not know what they're doing. So you need to have that, that, ground level understanding and, and be able to really like understand the basics of something before you just bring somebody on to do it and like outsource it. Yeah. 100%. And you know, we talk about the same thing in investing, right? People talk about, Oh, I'm just going to give my money to a financial advisor. Mm. Cool. Well, if you don't know how to use your money, if you don't know how to invest your money, you won't be able to know a good financial advisor from a bad one. Yeah. So, you know, if you really want to hire good people, you need to know what you want, what you need and what good is. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, you're 100% right on that. Exactly. Um, Jasper, the last sort of big topic I want to touch on here is building a personal brand. Because at this point, your personal brand is, is quite significant. I mean, closing in on like half a million on YouTube, I think pretty similar on Instagram. So talk to our listeners now, again, like a, like a 15, 16, 17-year-old listener who wants to get started building their personal brand, creating content for people and, and sharing a message. What would you tell that person as far as like thinking about how they can begin to get their name out there and start providing value for people. So, you know, the ease, what you need to do is you got to be you. And I know everybody says it, sure, but it's really tough. And so what, what it means to be you is to really just let out your inner self. Like I, I make weird jokes. I, I have kind of like a sarcastic personality. Yeah. And when I started on YouTube making financial videos, the only financial videos you saw were the boring old dudes mm-hmm. that were sitting there explaining, here's what the time value of money is. You know, <laughs> and they're sitting in front of a whiteboard. And, you know, I was like, you know, I don't talk like that. I'll never talk like that in my life. I'm going to make videos where I talk about money. I'm going to make jokes. I'm going to make fun of people. I'm going to be sarcastic. I'm going to still talk about inflation at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that really helped define who we are because nobody's seen anything like that before our channel. And so I speak the way I speak. I, you know, communicate the way I communicate all the time, you know, so just trying to be you and then putting it out there, which is tough because, you know, you think, Oh, you know, but I don't want to look like a weirdo. I, I don't want to, especially in the entrepreneurship space, you know, it's funny because everybody wants to look like that rich, cool guy. I got the <laughs> nice cars. I got the models. You know, if that's not you, don't, don't do that. Then like for me, like, no, that's not me. And so what I do is I, I actually kind of put a funny spin on that. Like if you look at our trailer, you know, in the, we, we, our trailer video for minority mindset mm-hmm. have, all has a bunch of kind of comedic things in it. Yep. But at the ending, you know, we have the ending where we go into a, an escalate and drive off. But me, you know, what, what we did was, you know, that's not us. So let's, let's do it where you drive in the escalate and you drive off. And then I will be that person like the Escalade forgets to pick me up. So that you see the Escalade drive off and I'm sitting here chasing behind the nice Escalade. So it's like, you know, be you. If, you don't, if you're not, you don't have to be like everybody else. It's actually better if you're not. Mm. So if you're funny, be funny. If you're serious, be serious. If, 
pick whatever your your kind of persona is and just let that out be you 100 be you guys everybody else is already taken yeah <laughs> josh Breed, i got some questions i like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show are you feeling ready for him sure give me what all you right, got let's roll uh the first question i have for you is what are you excited about right now this could be in your business in the wider realm of just like the world at large but like what's something that genuinely has you excited right now well one in business i talk about this teacher lesson plan yeah. so i just started talking about it and we've gotten such a amazing feedback like we're not done with it yet but mm -hmm. i cannot wait to release it because it is so 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 cool like i wish <laughs> my teachers would have had this like i mean starting from kindergrade yeah in the kindergarten why is that kindergrade from <laughs> kindergarten we have like kids first graders that, that you'll have like 10 apples you get 10 apples color three apples for taxes color two apples for <laughs> expenses color, color one apple for investing like oh. i mean i am so pumped to get this out because it's like you know i always talk about man it sucks that schools don't teach educate financial education i've been saying that for a while but now i can actually back up my claim and be like all right well at least i'm not just sitting here idle now i have something yeah. that okay now teachers can because you have a resource to do it. Oh, that's huge. And I mean, so many people are just like spitting about like how they wish the world was, but like you're actually out there like changing it. You're not just saying schools should do this. You're saying, yeah, schools should do this. And here's how they're going to do it. Like we're putting together the plan for you and here it is for free. Like, yeah, that's, that's massive. Yeah. That's I'm, massive. So I'm so excited for that. So yeah, I guess that in terms <laughs> of, that's a lot of things I've been kind of just, I, I've been like, like I'm waking up so early just cause like sometimes I just dream about it. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to get this in school. So that's yeah, so, that's so huge. Yeah, Jasper, do you have any habits? I mean, it sounds like going to the gym and, and staying active is definitely one of your habits, but like what habits do you have that have served you particularly well? It could be in business or lifestyle. So I tell people, especially in entrepreneurship that building a business is like going, working out. It's very similar because you have to build that discipline to force yourself to go to the gym and keep going even when you don't see gains you don't see results you got to keep lifting you got to keep pushing yourself you're going to get injured sometimes but you you know how are you going to get back up how are you going to recover are you going to just sit there and complain about it or are you going to you know recover and get better and get back in the gym mm -hmm. so yeah for me you know if you're in high school especially play a sport yeah. like i that's probably one of the best decisions of my life was to play football in high school you know because you learn teamwork, you learn to be competitive and you learn to want to win. And you learn to really like, you build that bond where it's like, yo, let's win together. And you, you do whatever you can. Like you wake up early to go work out you go to the gym after the workout and you have this like mentality where you want to do whatever it takes. So sports working out, it's, it's a great kind of that same mindset. You build that same mindset there. 100%. And like that sense of community is something that I feel like a lot of people aren't getting enough of. And and a sport can be definitely a great, great way to do that and, and really connect with people. Yeah, 100%. Jasper, you're putting out a lot of content right now. Is there any content that you're currently consuming? These could be books you're reading, audiobooks you're listening to, podcasts you're listening to. Um, what is that looking like for you? So I, I don't really watch a lot of YouTube. I don't really listen to podcasts. Uh, in terms of what I consume, I read books sometimes. Uh, I listen to audiobooks mainly, mm -hmm. but that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm always listening to different things. Like, you know, they're not all business anymore. In the beginning, it was all business and financial mm -hmm. stuff. Nowadays, not so much. I, I mean, I listen to whatever I can. Like, I just found out about Harry Potter recently. <laughs> I listened to all the Harry Yeah, man. I didn't know what Harry Potter was. So I listened to the, I watched the videos and then I listened to the books. I was like, dude, this Harry Potter stuff is so cool. Oh, so the Harry that, Potter audiobooks. I love those so much. Oh those were like my God. childhood, dude. I just, <laughs> just found out about it. I just, I just finished it like less than a year ago. So wow. Harry Potter and then, you know, just pretty much anything. Like right now I'm reading a book on sales. It's actually the book by uh, uh, Jordan Belfort, the guy oh, from Wolf yeah. Wall Street. It's reading his book. Like, I, I mean, different things. So one day is I finish up Harry Potter, then I'll read this, then, you know, something else. So kind of whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as you just like keep putting stuff in. I dig it. Um, Jasper, one thing that I'm always super curious about with my guests is the things they do that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't really scale. So to give you a quick example, um, every single day I'll pull out my phone and I'll go to my Instagram DMs. Um, actually I'll go to my Instagram new followers and I'll pick like five random new followers that day. And I'll just send them a video DM that basically says, Hey, how's it going? Jasper, my name's Apple. Thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can be of assistance to you. Have a wonderful day. 
something really simple like that, but like introducing myself to like five, 10 new people a day. Um, and that's something that I, I don't scale. I don't use one of my VAs to like mass produce that for me. I don't like copy and paste the same message over and over again. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's anything that comes to mind for you that you do in your business that has that like personal Jasper Singh touch to it or, or something that, that is, is not something that you mass produce. Um, so we have a very large newsletter mm-hmm. and I get a ton of emails every day. So yeah. I try to respond to, and you know, a lot of, some of these emails are really long, like, yo, I have this going on. So I try to respond to a few every day, you know, I just say, okay, you know, here's what I would recommend. And so, you know, most, you know, I don't need to sit here and respond to the emails because I think no. people understand that, <laughs> You know, You're most, busy people guy. Yeah, they, <laughs> most people don't respond, but you know, I try, I try to make it a thing because I can see how much effort people put into these emails and how like big of deals they are. Like people, you know, I, I can, you can feel the emotion when someone writes an email Yeah. and you know, when they're asking you real personal questions. So I try to respond, I try to reciprocate. Obviously I can't respond to everybody, but you know, I, I, I try to at least get back to who I can. Wow. I mad respect for that, man. Most people aren't doing that. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So Jasper, if our listeners have been enjoying the massive amounts of value that you have brought them in this interview today, where can they go to follow up with you and learn more about the Minority Mindset? Simplest is YouTube, YouTube at Minority Mindset. We release starting next week. It'll be three videos a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Instagram, Minority Mindset. Our blog, theminoritymindset.com. Come and check us out. Awesome. And all of those links will be in the show notes for you guys. If you couldn't remember them, I mean, they're all minority mindset, but if you want to click on them, just head down (laughs) to the show notes and click on those. Jasper, do you have any last words of wisdom or anything you want to close out the show with here today? Ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. Make it happen. (laughs) M-I-H. There we go. There we go. Jasper, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you you spending here on Young Smart Money. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, They really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.